friends. Thanks for taking time to listen in on a conversation Dick and I had about the 2023 drivers. Especially considering the grid will not change heading into 2024, I thought it'd be interesting to hear from Dick what he would say to each driver if given the opportunity to speak with them during the winter break. Hope you enjoy our conversation. Okay, Dick, we're recording this conversation on the day of postseason testing. The constructors and the drivers championships are concluded, but for most of the drivers, there is a little bit of more work that needs to be done. Well, and, you know, they needed something to do. <laughs> right, like as if this week or this year hasn't been enough. So as we're reflecting on the year, I'd like to step back to our earlier conversation, specifically our monthly race review for November. And during that time, you gave me your thoughts on how each team principal is likely talking to his team and his leadership about the 2023 season. Kind of along that vein, I wonder, what do you think each racer is likely reflecting on as the season draws to a close? There was something you said during our review conversation that made me realize that our audience might not know that you really have a heart for men in our society. You really believe in Mm -hmm. encouraging them to Mm -hmm. attain their fullest potential, no matter their age. And this hit me when you said specifically, I think it was regarding Logan, that you never want to see a man set up not to succeed. And I think yeah. you, you uh, to be very clear to people, you're, it's not like you don't like women. You, you, right. you want women, oh, yeah. you want all people to Absolutely. succeed. Absolutely. Um, and your heart specifically is the role of men in society. So I don't want any haters to think, you know, misinterpret. And that's maybe the lawyer and me coming in there right now really quickly to make that clear. And if anybody's listening, you should, they should realize how much you've empowered me. So that should be proof of that. All that said, I wonder what you would say outside of what you think that they're reflecting as individual racers. I wonder what you would say to each of the drivers if you had the opportunity to counsel them. I'm just going to go down the list and you just tell me, you know, the answer to both of those. Sound good? Yeah, sounds great. Okay. All right. So let's start with Nick DeVries. Mm, well, what a great rebound. Um, you know, he gets he gets the boot. I still think it was unfair. Um, but you know what? He, he took a couple college classes and he worked his way back into a good ride in Formula E. So he's still getting paid to drive race cars. Um, so good for him. You know, I mean, there's there's certainly an opportunity, I think, that was lost. And I don't really understand where it went sideways, given his pedigree, but it did. So, um, but good for him. He, he really displayed a lot of resiliency, uh, in my opinion. Logan Sargent. Well, and of course, I have started kind of rooting for old Logan. You know, um, I think that young man has come along um, quite well and really demonstrated that he really is the best option for Williams for next year. Um, Very, um, I I think the guy narrowed the gap between himself and um, Alex Albon, who uh, we'll get to him in a minute, but (laughs) um, he had a really strong teammate to be compared against. And so I think Logan needs to be thinking about what does he do to start um, to take the momentum that he had behind himself at the end of this season and apply that momentum to the beginning of the new year. Liam Lawson. Man, that's a kind of a champion in the waiting, isn't it? And my, mm-hmm. my uh, advice to him is just be patient. There's people who want him in a Formula One car. So you just, you know, 
put your head down, do the things that you've been asked to do, and good things will come your way. Kevin Magnuson. I think he's thinking about the fact that he's got a teammate that's really quick. And um, even though he, you know, Nico had been out for a couple of years um, from Formula One, he came back and and definitely proved that he belongs. And so I think I think um, he Kevin is sort of like, yeah, I'm, I've got a teammate that's challenging me. Joe Guanyu. Hard to say about him because you know he's probably wishing for a faster car next year. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, um, clearly the young man has some talent um, and, you know, he made it through his sophomore year. Um, really, I think, did a solid job. Um, and so, you know, uh, I mean, good on him. Nico Hulkenberg. Yeah, kind of like I alluded to with Kevin. I mean, you know, he had basically an enforced vacation for a couple of years, was a, you know, a reserve driver for a couple of teams, including Aston Martin, and um, hops back into the Haas and, um, you know, won the qualifying battle uh, over Kevin Magnuson, who's actually fairly highly regarded. So um, Nico needs to be feeling pretty good about himself right about now. I'm going to ask you a follow-up on that. You know, there's, and this is mostly in the social media world. You see a lot of people ragging on him because mm-hmm. he's been in the sport for so long, but never won a Grand Prix, never been on a podium, I believe is also right. the stat for him. Right. If you're hearing that now, yes, he is competing well in what we've also talked about that Haas, it was not a good car this year. How, if you had that opportunity to talk to him and if he expressed to you, you know, I'm hearing this negativity all the time and it's really like sitting in the back of my head. What would you tell him? Hey man, you've won the 24 hours of Le Mans. Um, Mm -hmm. And when given a good car, you've performed. And so to a certain degree, it's not his fault that he's never really driven for a top team. I mean, let's face it, you know, if you're not with these days, you know, Red Bull, Ferrari, uh, Mercedes, um, and he's never been with any of those teams, um, what chance have you got? Really, I mean, you think about it over the last 20 years, it's been pretty much those three teams. You know, you throw in the outlier of Braun Grand Prix um, and McLaren, they were kind of at their heyday back in the mid to late 2000s, but they haven't done anything in 15, 16 years. And really in terms of world championships, neither has Ferrari. So, you know, I mean, it's really, really, if you think about it, it's only come down to two two different teams, you know, Mercedes and Red Bull. What I'm hearing you say is that you would help if he confided in you is to put it in perspective, like that you're still, you're still succeeding. It's just, you're also competing against some amazing competition. I think that that's a life principle that oftentimes we have to remind ourselves as we're going through different circumstances that being in the right place at the right time, but that doesn't mean in the other situations, you aren't doing excellent work and doing a great job. You're giving your hundred percent. So what about Valtteri Bottas? Man, that's a tough one because again, they had a bad car this year. Um, Valtteri has not forgotten how to drive. I can promise you that. Um, And all he can do is wait for happier times with Audi and and the direction that Audi's going to bring him, really. I mean, he, for him, be patient. Yeah, I agree with you. Some of the stuff that he's done this year outside of the sport, I think has given him joy to yeah. maintain that patience. And I think also going back to Joe, I feel like he's watched that and they both are probably looking forward to the turn of the calendar. Let's move to Yuki. Sonoda. You know, I have to hand it to Yuki. I've never actually really kind of like rated that guy, but you know what? 
he outqualified Ricardo, and um, I think he beat the uh, beat Ricardo four four to three, something like that. And I realized Ricardo's coming back and having to regain his confidence and yada yada yada. But you know what? Yuki got it done. And he finished the season really, really strong at Abu Dhabi and um, led the race for a while. Um, yeah, good on Yuki. Alex Albon. One of the guys that I would argue who did not win a race, didn't score a whole bunch of points, but did pretty good. Um, driver of the year? Um, could be. I think he showed everybody that this guy, he can get it done. He needs yeah. to feel really, really pleased with himself. Well, I'm in the middle actually of listening to a podcast that he's doing a long form interview with and to hear how he articulates his life story and the challenges that he's gone through. Mm-hmm. It's really moving. And what the season has been for him. I'm like, I'm really looking forward to seeing what his future will look yep. like. Yep. Esteban Ocon. Man, just be consistent. You know, I mean, he right now he's consistently erratic. He needs to be consistent. That's good. That's a good phrase. His teammate, Pierre Gasly. I think he stepped into a very difficult situation. And in, in fairness to Esteban, so was Esteban, right? Except that he had been at Alpine for several seasons now. And he's won a race for Alpine, all that kind of stuff. Pierre walks in. And he's the new kid on the block. He's replacing a very popular driver in Fernando Alonso. And, um, oh, by the way, um, the team, from a managerial perspective, falls into absolute chaos. And so I suspect that Pierre did a lot to keep that team together. So, um, yeah, tip of the hat to him, because I think he did more of that than... Esteban, even though Esteban may be well liked, I think Pierre is the guy that's probably been the leader. I agree. I watched a, I feel like it was an interview where it highlighted he had moved so he could be close to the team and Mm -hmm. he wants to get to know the people that he's working with and that he wanted to get out of the hub of activity elsewhere that he was in so he could really focus in. And I thought that's really commendable. Okay. Lance Stroll. And the words I've got for Lance is keep your confidence. You know, you've got one of the, I mean, one of the greatest of all time as a teammate, and you cannot let that beat you down. Oscar Piastri. Champion and superstar in the making. Mm -hmm. And what would you tell him if you had the opportunity to counsel him, like looking to the future? Um, Work really hard over the off season, doing whatever you can do to get yourself better. And I would say, you know, lots of time in the gym, in the simulator, whenever they let you in the simulator. Um, When you're not doing that, get in a shifter cart and go drive hundreds and hundreds of laps because Alonzo is going to be doing the same thing. (laughs) And and if you're going to have to outwork everybody because there's too many really, really good guys all around you, including your teammate. Mm -hmm. You're giving Mark Weber a run for his money. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about you, Dick. You're giving Mark Weber (laughs) a run for his money with that kind of advice. That's good advice. What about George Russell? You know, anybody who can tie Lewis Hamilton, who I still would argue is probably one of the quickest guys over a single lap that there is, um, says to me that this is a guy with all sorts of talent and is probably the heir apparent to lead Mercedes once Lewis retires. Um, He needs to feel really good about himself, even though 
Lewis outpointed him. Um, in the last two years, George is the guy that's won a race, not Lewis. Uh-huh. That would be really encouraging for someone like George, I think, to be yeah. reminded of that. Carlos Sainz. I'm going to say something that's kind of controversial, and that is that I don't think over a, a single lap he's as quick as his teammate, but I would say that he's one of the best racers out there. He's very cerebral. He's very quick over a race distance. Um fast enough to win. And he's really smart. I agree with you. I love the the fact that you pointed out uh, he's cerebral. I think that that's something the entire season showed us. But I think obviously moment is the Singapore Grand Prix. And you can see him thinking like when he steps out of the car and he's like replaying the race. And so I love that. His wonderful friend and golfing buddy, Lando. (laughs) My words to Lando would be, be patient. Your time is coming. You know, he's got a teammate that's going to push him for everything he's got. And he's going to, he, I mean, you know, you could, you could argue is the best driver pairing out there, Oscar and Lando? Is it Carlos and Charles? Or is it Lewis and, and George? You know, I, mm, which one do you want to pick? I mean, if I'm a driver, I don't want to have to face any of those guys, you know, right. as my teammate. So anyway, for Lando, I would say be patient. He's going to win some races. And what about the fact that he's hard on himself? What would you say to that? Yeah, he needs to back off on that because that could be self-defeating. Have mm-hmm. Just have a great work ethic, but quit being hard on yourself. Mm-hmm. Okay. As someone else who I think may need to hear that words, but you tell me. <laughs> Charles Leclerc. Yeah, no question about it. And again... If not the fastest guy over a single lap, then one of the fastest for sure. Um, You know, he has got to keep his emotions in check. He cannot allow the craziness of Ferrari and the hysterical Italian press dictate to him what his race performance looks like. And um, he's just got to find a way to isolate himself from that and get on and do do the job that everybody knows he can do. And the good news for him is, is he got a new team principal who is much more even keeled and seemingly more immune to the hysteria that typically goes with Ferrari. Actually, when we were talking about the, the monthly race review and, and even the Las Vegas Grand Prix extended conversation, we didn't go to this point, but I do think it ties into what you're saying about Charles, Fred Vasseur's response in the team principal's press conference after Mm -hmm. free practice in comparison to Toto, you could tell Fred Vasseur was so upset, but Mm -hmm. he held it in. And then you could see his brain was working. And then the way he was, I mean, the fact that the team was able to rebuild everything before free practice too, I thought as we're waiting I thought to myself, they're not going to get to free practice too. And the fact that they did, I think comes down to leadership and saying, okay, we got to do this. We got to make this work. And I, when we think about the other team principles that they've had, so I, I do like what you're saying to Charles that this, this, you need to just ride through this and let the leadership figure this out for you. Take that pressure off yourself. Someone who I don't think needs to hear that at all, probably, (laughs) Fernando Alonso. I mean, outside of the fact that I feel like you would be fan, like, I know I'm a fangirl, so what is it, a fanboy? Um, You would be, I feel like you would totally be fanboy for Fernando. Would you even counsel him or be like, or jewels of truth that he's going to provide to you? What would be? Right. Well, definitely some jewels of truth. You know, the thing about Fernando is, is he is the modern day equivalent of Mario Andretti. 
meaning that Mario would drive, look at Mario's record, you know, F1 world champion, wins the Indy 500, wins all sorts of sports car races, uh, dirt track races, you name it, Mario won on it. And Fernando's pretty much that guy. And so he's incredibly versatile. And at 42 years old, he's not showing any signs of slowing down. Um, And so, you know, my whole thing, it would be, um, you know, Fernando, you know what your off-season routine looks like. Just go and do it. Do get some rest. Um, and, you know, be ready to rock and roll come March. I think he would totally say thank What is it? Muchas gracias for that. <laughs> Words of wisdom. Lewis Hamilton. Well, I think the fire is still burning there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, no question in my mind, he's still one of the quickest guys uh, out there. Um, you know, I think if, if anything, I would say that given the difficulties that Mercedes is having right now, getting a car that will allow him to compete with Red Bull. Um, I think my advice to him would be, you know what, put all your various causes and, you know, all the trappings that you have pulled together and just focus on your racing if that's really what you want to do. Um, Because I I do think he wants that eighth title. And, and I think that um, that I would really like to see him um, refocus himself and not be too distracted by all the trappings that goes with being a seven-time world champion. I mean, let's just face it, you know, there's a lot of people that want a lot of his time. And I think he's going to have to learn to say no. Well, maybe as you said in our race review for the month about the clean piece of paper, yep. maybe he'll say, I want a greater part of that and I can bring good insight. And so he'll naturally have to yep. discard some of the stuff that is going to take up too much time. Sergio Perez. Oh, it's Sergio. You're a good racing driver. You're paired against the guy right now, uh, the man of the moment. You've got the hardest job in the world. And be patient with yourself. Um, do what you can do. Um because you're good enough to win. You know, I, I think he, I think he got into that mode where he was saying early on in the season, Oh yeah, I can win the world championship. And Max was sort of like, I don't think so. And, and Sergio put so much expectation and so much pressure on himself that he really kind of blew himself up. And towards the end of the season, we started seeing him coming back. And of course, I know that there was a change to the car that was made. Uh, Max adapted to it very quickly. Sergio did not. Finally figured out what he needed to do here towards the end of the year. And then Sergio came good again. And so uh, I fully expect that, you know, he's. we're going to see a much stronger Sergio at the start of next year. I hope that he would listen to that if ever you had the opportunity to tell yeah. him that. And yeah. so last, but definitely not least, Max Verstappen. Yeah, the man of the moment, right? I mean, mm-hmm. set just amazing records. First guy, this is what blows my mind. He's the first guy to lead a thousand laps in a Formula One season. I mean, that's incredible. Yeah. Um, so, you know, congratulations on an amazing season. Um, don't rest on your laurels because there's a lot of people gunning to knock you off. I hope that this winter break will give him and all of the drivers the ability to do those types of reflections that we've just talked about. And I hope maybe one day you get the opportunity to be able to tell them the things that you just told me. Maybe they'll listen to all our podcast for all we know. That would be awesome. Uh, that, wouldn't that be cool? So they said, hey, you know, I heard this guy, Dick Seiler out there in Texas. <laughs> uh, that's me hopeful. I really appreciate 
appreciated this, Dick, because as I told you, I think that you have such a unique story with what you're doing outside of our podcast and what you... I think bring to the table in this in this conversations that we have and wanted our listeners to get to know a little bit more about you mm. and how valuable I think what you do in encouraging men. I think some ways comes from what what your background as a racer, but I think sometimes what it, who you are is also what makes that. I feel like both feed into each other and yeah. that you've, you've had to be in a industry in a field that is hard. So you know how that can really beat down people and you don't yeah. want to see that in yes. others. So thanks for taking the time for this yep. kind of conversation, doing a driver debrief in a little bit of a different way, hopefully than other conversations other people are having about this. Because yeah. I do think that one of the joys I have about our podcast is that hopefully we're putting positivity out there yes. versus negativity or unnecessary drama. I mean, others can do that, but I really want for what we're doing is really to build people up. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. I look forward to our next conversation, Dick. Absolutely. Me too. Okay, friends, what did you think of our conversation? Drop me a line via email, sabrina at twoguysagirlandf1.com. New to the podcast? If so, take some time to catch our earlier episodes. We think if you're a new or casual fan of F1, then you'll benefit from our F1 101 episode. You might also enjoy our series, Deep Dives with Dick. If you want to learn a little bit more about John, Dick, and me, then you might enjoy our individual episodes where we discuss our F1 origin stories. And with that, let me say, that ends this conversation. But rest assured, we'll keep talking and you can keep listening in because we're just two guys, a girl, and F1. For John, Dick, and me, Sabrina, thanks for listening.